Dear friends in Christ, grace, peace, and hope to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Going back to our gospel reading, as Jesus and his disciples are leaving the temple, one of them comments about the great size, strength, and beauty of the buildings. And we know that Herod had spent a great deal of time and money building a fabulous temple. Jesus looks around at the building and says to those folks with him, don't put your faith in this building. One of these days soon, it will be gone. Now, in our secular world, cars break down, appliances fail, you and I get older and more feeble on a daily basis, why are we shocked when things break? Don't things always break? Don't they always wear out? But why are we surprised or upset when it actually happens? We should know it's going to happen. We should accept that. One of the reasons that we put our trust in these earthly things instead of in God, it's just plain idolatry. Before sin in the Garden of Eden, there was no death, nor did things break out or wear out. Adam's work was always fruitful. But then when Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed Adam and he cursed the earth. I'm going to remind you of that curse. It's curse. It's published in Genesis 3:17, basically the second half of the verse. God is speaking to Adam, and I quote, Because you listened to your wife and ate of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil will you eat of it all the days of your life. Let me, let me enlighten, open up that scripture just a little bit for us. First of all, the Hebrew word ground can also be translated earth. That extends the curse to the whole planet. And many commentators suggest that the words in painful toil could be thought of as burdensome work or having to do a job you really hate. God cursed us to struggle in our work, get limited results at best, and have failures no matter how hard we try. And then we die and return to the dust. So why are we surprised when things wear out? Why are we surprised when things are destroyed in floods or fires or wars? I think it's that we secretly hope that if we believe in our things enough, we can make them last in this day by faith. But St. Paul tells us, tells us quite clearly, that the things we cannot see yet are the permanent things. 
And the things we can see now are only temporary. Jesus brings his disciples to Jerusalem. Most of these fellows were pretty rural guys. When they got to the big city and they saw that beautiful temple in Jerusalem, it just took their breath away. Naturally, we, we would expect that. It was enormous, it was gorgeous. The outside walls of Herod's temple were covered with marble and with gold and white limestone. King Herod had spent huge sums of money and time and effort to make it beautiful. And God used it for the house he chose to live in at least for a while. So there it was, big and beautiful. If anything on earth was to be was impressive, it was Herod's temple. Then comes the question, will it stand forever? Well, it was certainly built to last for a long time. People here in central Indiana ought to appreciate limestone as well as anybody on the, around, and it was largely built of limestone, solid as a rock. It was certainly built to last a long time. But nothing in the world or anything or anyone is built to last forever. Sorry, General Motors. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, nothing lasts forever. The Titanic, which was thought to be unsinkable, went to the bottom on her maiden voyage. Even the best and greatest of things here on earth are dying. On verse 2 of our reading, Jesus said, Do you see these great buildings? You see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon another. Now in this statement, Jesus gives a warning. There will not be one stone left upon another. He then continues later verses. He says, earthly peace perishes and wars come. Earthquakes will shake the ground. And these things are only the beginning of the birth pangs. Things don't last because of human sin has brought God's curse down upon all of creation, including our natural lives. Your life is only a mist. It's a vapor that appears for a little while and then gone with the wind. When God turns us back to dust by saying that earthly things don't matter, it's like saying earthly things don't matter. Am I saying that earthly things are not real? Absolutely not. They're very real. We can see them, we can hear them, we can touch them. When we see them disappear, we ask, is anything built to last? Well, what is built to last? Jesus Christ is built to last. He was begotten from all eternity. He is from his conception everything we were created to be, but he remains sinless. Jesus existed before the creation of the universe. He is permanent. The permanent man is the, exter is the eternal son of God. He is the God-man. He is the everlasting temple. 
Herod's splendid temple in Jerusalem was a mere shadow of the real temple. This is who was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite Herod's temple. After the disciples, Jesus and the disciples left, they went up on the Mount of Olives, which is across the valley from the walls of Jerusalem. And how strange, we could think of it this way. There is one temple looking at another temple. The true temple of God is looking down on the temple of Herod. How strange that one man sitting on the ground is greater than that whole wonderful building. But only Jesus Christ is built to last. His flesh and blood are more permanent than all the wonderful stones. Tell me, which one looks more, more permanent? Well, to his disciples, the one which seems to be more impressive at that moment, they answer the question, look, teacher, all these wonderful stones, these wonderful buildings. Isn't that incredible? But the teacher from Galilee saw, he sat there and he knew that he was God's real temple. And what he was looking at was only temporary. In fact, it was already doomed. Only Jesus Christ is built to last. And then he dies. Now we know that his disciples were incredibly shooken up by that, his death. They didn't know what to do. They all ran to hide. Yes, he died, but he did not die like everyone else, like most of us. He was the lamb who was slain before the beginning of the world, but he was not fallen and simple like us. He came to bear our judgment for us. He came to suffer the whole world's curse in his body and to bear the punishment of the world upon his shoulders in our place. Now time will march on in Palestine. Jesus will be crucified and he will rise again. His disciples will carry his message of salvation to Judea, Samaria, and the world. About 40 years after Jesus' death, the Jews will revolt again against the Romans. But when the Roman army comes to put down the revolt, the great temple in Jerusalem will be torn down stone by stone and turned into rubble by the Roman army. One might ask, what about this, this prophecy that not one stone will be left upon another? Why would someone destroy a building that thoroughly? Well, what happened is God's hand. During the siege of Jerusalem, the temple caught fire and burned and the heat melted the gold that had decorated the temple and it, went, and it ran down between the cracks and the stones and the Romans pried up even the paving stones to retrieve that gold. The Romans placed a great deal of value on gold. They certainly weren't going to leave it there in Jerusalem though the great temple building was destroyed and nothing was left but a pile of rocks. You know, here in Columbus, we have a couple of examples of 
buildings being destroyed in this kind of way. I know that the city prides itself on its architecture. In the midst of this celebration, though, we have an empty shopping center. A place where at one time millions of, millions of dollars in commerce went on every day, and now except for one or two stores, it's empty. There's another example. There's an old theater right in the middle of downtown Columbus called the Crump. It's obsolete. It's not used. It's dilapidated and it's dangerous. There's no reason to restore it. And someday we will tear it down. Both were great buildings at one time. But someday there will not be one brick upon another. But that ruin will be nothing as terrible as the ruin that was left hanging on the cross when Jesus was crucified outside Jerusalem, when the living temple of God was killed, when what sin was not paid for. The whole purpose of Jesus' death on the cross was to pay for human sin, all of our sin. And he did pay. Sin was paid for. It was swallowed up. Let me wrap things up here. Everything we see is disappearing. While we watch, well, we are not disappearing. We were judged upon the cross and raised by the gospel. One who endures to the end will be saved. That, folks, is you and me. Christians, built to last to the end, through him and beyond the end of time, into the world that has no end. Everything else comes and goes. Don't lean on it. Don't chase after it. Don't be alarmed about either the pleasures or the property, sorrows or sin. We can see them all leaving. But, Dan, you are a precious stone in Jesus until you see what's ahead. Everything else that is here today will be gone tomorrow. But all the while, Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, we are being built together into a dwelling place for God. Ephesians 2, 20 and 21 built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is being joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Again from Ephesians 2. When Christ, who is our life, appears, we also are going to appear with him in glory, and holy angels are going to shout in amazement, at what he has made us. They're going to shout, look at the wonderful stones. And when the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven are going to shout in amazement at the splendor and the glory and the wonder of the temple built to last forever, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
unto life everlasting. Amen.